Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders. The Get Real podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me, but most importantly, what didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Hey everyone, Lauren Lahav here, and welcome to Get Real and Stay True. Yes, we are doing this podcast, the dreaded podcast, the podcast talking about money. I don't know about you, but it is everywhere. You know, I'm sitting here looking at my desk and I see my little cava bowl filled with money. Just a little change that I collect all the time. That's interesting. My son is texting me, asking me a money question. My daughter just texted me, asking me a money question. Oh, Lord, it's the question that always comes up. You know, I remember I used to have a lot of mixed beliefs about money. And I'm going to dive right into it to today with a question. How do you feel about money? It's a loaded topic, right? Just me asking the question may have triggered something in you. Money can be extremely emotional for people in good ways and bad ways. I remember listening to Grant Cardone at the NAC conference, and he was sharing that 85% of Americans still live paycheck to paycheck. And just because you make more money doesn't mean you don't have more have extra money to spend. It's that we adjust. We adjust our lifestyle. We start to add things to our lifestyle. And um, it can be pretty emotional, as I said. I remember once also talking to Dr. William Sears and someone asked him what they thought was the number one disease that came into his pediatric practice. And some people said diabetes. Some people said um, heart disease, cancer. And he said, actually, the number one disease that came into his pediatric practice was parents that are financially stressed. I mean, think about it. I could recommend all the best things in the world for you, but if you don't have the money to pay for it, what good does it do anyway? And I think that we have to really address this topic and address this topic early. We know we need it. We need it to pay for our rent, our mortgages, to buy food, to stay healthy, to send our kids to school, to be able to say yes to them. But still many people are quick to say that money is evil instead of realizing what it says in the Bible is that the love of money is evil and that that is what it equates to with regards to might look at it as greed. My friend always share with me, you know, money is just a direct reflection of how many people you've helped. Well, then I want to help a lot of people. Or another belief, you know, you've got to really look about what does your, you know, belief 
about money say. Um, some people see it as scarce. Some people as see it as abundant. I mean, what do we really think? I mean, think about how you really feel about money. We may want more money. Yes, um, talk ourselves out of saying things like money doesn't buy happiness or rich people or sh- selfish, whatever that we want. But, you know, money just makes you more of what you already are, as I said. There's, it's kind of conflicting, isn't it? Today, we're going to unpack these conflicting beliefs and really get real about money. First, let's look at the cold, hard facts. As I said before, among Americans, the number one source of stress is, you guessed it, money. That's above work, family, health, according to uh, BlackRock. It says here that 22% of divorced couples cite money issues as the main reason for their divorce, according to the Institute of Divorce Financial Analysts. I actually probably think it's higher than that. They said the two things that most people don't talk about before they get married is sex and money. I remember hearing that once. And career, I think it career, career builder found that most American workers, this said that 78% live paycheck to paycheck, 78%. As I shared with you, Grant Cardone said it was 85%. No matter how you feel about it, money touches all areas of our life. Our health, our relationships, our daily habit are all impacted by that. And it's dominated by money. Like I know for me, just this past week, I had so many people saying, is there anything that I can do for you, Lauren? I mean, I'll work for a minimum wage. I mean, whatever it is that you need done. And just to be able to help more people, to be able to say yes. It felt really good this week to be able to give four people some opportunities to make some extra money so that they could cover their rent. I, you know, one girl came up to me, she goes, Lauren, I'm working my job and I don't even have enough money to put gas in my car. And if you were to look at her job and what she does, you would think she's doing all right. I remember once, I'm trying to think how long ago it was. It must have been 11 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. And we were doing a Thanksgiving blessing backpacks. And as we were doing the backpacks, we were doing it at a very nice hotel here in Las Vegas. And as we were leaving, someone slips me a note. And it turned out they gave me an address of somebody to drop a blessing backpack off to them. I think it was a basket, actually, we were dropping off. And it was an apartment, a nice apartment. I, the lady answers the door and it turns out it was one of the bell people from the hotel. And like I said, this is a fancy hotel here in Las Vegas. And I was like, oh my gosh, this person just literally had a roof over their head. They had nothing in their apartment, zero, not a bed, not a couch, nothing. And we would assume that that person was doing just fine. But it's important to think about what money really means to you. So anyway, the rest of the story is that we went back and we contacted all of our friends. We found out, you know, can we get her a bed? Can we get her a couch? Can we get her a dining room table? And two weeks later, we go back and we furnish this woman's home. But you think that she would have been just fine. So let's get right into it. What is money? I know you're thinking, Lauren, what are you talking about? Of course, I know what money is. But it's important to think about what money means to you. Is it something that you need but causes you stress and gives you a headache? Just think about it for a second. Or is it fun for you? 
a way that you can do things that you want to do and help whoever you want to help at any time. As I said, my friend Jeff shared that money is just a, a reflection of how many people that you've helped. And as I said, I want to help a lot of people. And I had a really hard time with this because I had been raised with such big contribution values and you know, it doesn't mean that you, I'm not, wasn't grateful. I'm not grateful for what I have, but I just want to be able to do more. Last year on my 53rd birthday, I decided, okay, I'm going to do 5,300 blessing backpacks. And I'm going to ask 53 of my friends to do those backpacks with me. And I'm just going to do it. And I remember calling my friend who helped me get a really great deal on the backpacks. I think they were like $2.50 each backpack. But it was still close to $14,000 to get the backpacks printed and, you know, created. And then I was like, okay, 14 grand. Okay. I'm going to figure out how to do this. I'm going to figure out how to do this because it's going to, it's going to help so many people. And then I totally forgot about shipping them to everybody, how much shipping was going to be. And I think to ship them to the 53 friends, it was something like $900. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. What have I gotten myself into? And then I had to stop for a second because I realized what I was doing was I was focusing on the scarcity of money versus, you know, the feeling that it was going to do for people. And then I'm a smart girl. I can figure out how to make more money. And I think that's what I want you to think about for just a second. When we think about money as a direct reflection of how many people that we've helped, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, Lauren, this feels really good to know that 5,300 people across the United States even it, I think some people took it back to Australia, were able to get some basic needs that they wouldn't normally have. I'm like, was that worth it? Heck yeah, it was worth it. And when we think about that way, money is not evil. It's not selfish. It's a way to, you know, it's an opportunity. If you have a lot of money, you're able to help a lot more people. Um, now, not everybody does that. I mean, some people might decide to keep it for themselves, but if you're focused on the abundance of money, um, then it can mean that to you. Now, are you still with me? I mean, because depending on your own beliefs about money, you may be with me here, or you may be shaking your head and writing an email to me about it into these four sections, as I said, and they, <clears throat> they can see where their money is actually going. It's a great way to teach them early on about money. I'm actually looking on my desk and I picked up something. I thought that they were all cute. It's not the piggy bank. But I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. And it says, give, save, spend. It's interesting. There's only three of them. There's not the fourth one, which is invest. So, goodness gracious. I don't know if it's so good for me to have these, these three things here. I might have to go back and get that one because we know how important investing is, right? Investing for our future. I'm pretty good at giving and saving and spending, but I, you know, saving is different than investing. So we want to make sure that we're looking at all of those different areas. And we'll go into more depth in the next couple of ones. I'll bring on some of my financial friends to talk about that. The grown-up way to do this is to, you know, put them into separate accounts for these categories. I also love this app Joss and Danielle told me about is called Capital and sets up these kind of goal accounts. Like we're saving for, I'm saving for their wedding or I'm saving for my, hopefully to get an Airstream. I don't know why I want an Airstream. I just want an Airstream. 
I want a big old silver bullet going down the road um, filled with all my girlfriends. Anyway, um, or saving for a vacation or saving for another mission trip. So I like that app as well. Just start saving something every month. Maybe set some fun goals for yourself. Set some goals of what you can give away. Set up a, you know, contribution goal for yourself and maybe an area that you want to help. I know for me, I just have a lot of things that are auto payment that go out to support organizations with regards to, you know, I work with Cynthia Kersey with regards to her Unstoppable Foundation. I make sure I give to St. Jude. I make sure that every month I give to Refuge for Women. Um, I have many different accounts, obviously, you know, the Boys and Girls Club and lots of different things that touch my heart to make sure that just come out of my account every month. And I remember years ago meeting with um, Mark Victor Hansen, and this was before the recession. He said, Lauren, before anything, tithe firsts. Make sure that you always tithe first. And you think about what happened with the recession. And what happened was that people stopped giving, right? Because they're like, I got to pay my bills. I've got to, you know, take care of my family, put food on the table. But I remember even during those tough times, I remember him saying that to me. And I always continued to tithe. So I would remind you, you know, really make it a priority. Give back. I know that I gave this to my um you know, a group that I coach and I gave them a challenge of, you know, how cool would it be to every time some a GoFundMe popped up on Facebook, you say, yes, yes. And you just were able to give constantly to those GoFundMes that showed up. So I decided to do that for myself one week and oh my God, it felt so good. I didn't even look about how much money that I spent. I just went and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to give to those GoFundMe and just to see the reactions from people, people that I didn't even know. And they're like, how did you find out about it? And I just was like, I don't know. I just saw it and I just wanted to give and I wanted to help. So what could be some, and see what happens to you. It was interesting because trying to think how many years ago, I can't even remember now. It seems like forever, about four years ago, it felt like I was just like, oh my God, just constantly picking up after my kids. I was working out of my house and I was always looking at their bedrooms and uh, my friend said just close the door and you don't have to worry about you know the, their rooms being a mess and I'm like oh god no I can't do that because I know that behind the door is the mess and the lady that was uh, cleaning my house two times a month I said to her I go hey do you know anybody that I can hire part-time to maybe come in three hours twice a week just to do the laundry because I've been so distracted with regards to the laundry and just some basic cleaning up after the dogs. And she said, well, yeah, of course, my sister. Now, at the time, that's where I was at, like three hours twice a week. I was like, okay, that's in my budget with regards to it. Well, she, she recommended her sister, and one day there was school. I think it was school was out for the day. And the lady, Glenda, asked if she could bring her daughter over to play with Asher. And I said, of course. And she brought her daughter over. So I was out running my errands, doing my things. And I came back and I walked into Asher's room and I kind of was taken back because I saw this little girl sitting on the floor with very uh, minimal amount of hair. I was like, okay, I don't really know Glenda very well, but I'll ask her sister if everything's okay. 
And I went back to Maribel and I said, Maribel, I go, is everything cool? I go, I don't, I don't wanna, is her daughter sick? And she said, Lauren, her daughter has survived one of the rarest cancers. Like her chance of surviving was something like 0.000005%. And she's been, she's, she's, you know, just on the tail end of being cancer free. Um, but they've been through a lot, you know, they, with their, you know, I think that they lost a few homes because of having to pay those medical bills and they had just been through a lot. And I remember that day being a big defining moment in my life where I'm like, what the heck, Lauren? Come on, you can go out there and kick butt and you can make it so that you can have Glenda come at least you know four times a week if you want her to come four times a week and that became a huge driver for me you know it was like not even about me and about cleaning my house i mean i don't even think i need her those many hours but it was just the fact that if i could do something to help why wouldn't i and like i said it became a huge driver glenda basically works with me um four times a week her daughter is you know, now cancer free. So, or she's been, you know, in remission with regards to everything. And my, my mindset again, shifted, you know, it shifted to, okay, if I really want it bad enough, if I really want this, then I will find out a way to do it. So I just got more resourceful. We always talk about the person that's most resourceful always wins. So now, you know, Glenda, it's not even, it's not even an option for me not to have her those four days a week unless she doesn't want to work four days a week. But otherwise, now it's just part of my, my budget of what I have. And just to see that she's able to say yes to her daughter more, you know, be able to say yes to those things that they wanted to do, that I've been able to introduce her to other people to work with them. That's really what it's all about. So I want you to really think long-term vision-wise of what this could mean by just changing your money beliefs. Really just sit there and think about what's the vision? What could this mean? How could I today change my beliefs about money where it means something extremely positive, right? Versus um, the old beliefs of money that maybe weren't even your beliefs to begin with. It, it was probably somebody else's beliefs that you just adopted. So decide today that you're gonna change those beliefs. So the other thing that happened with me, a big day that changed my money beliefs was I used to go to the bank with my dad and I remember it was before the ATM machines but he'd go see the teller he'd fill out the form and he'd always take $200 out a week and I remember looking and say okay $200 out a week and I remember going to the ATM uh, a couple years ago and I remember I pressed $200 and I'm like what the hell I go what am I doing like this isn't even my beliefs this is my dad's beliefs you know take $200 cash out a week and I remember going changing that one day and going, that's it, taking $300 out a week. And uh, I'm like, and, it, and once again, it raised my beliefs about, you know, the abundance of money. And now I look and I look about what, you know, when I'm um, hiring people or when I'm having somebody work part-time with me, whatever, or on a project. And I just, every time I just take a big deep breath and I'm like, okay, Lauren, you're gonna figure this out. And I always find a way. Oh, it's not always easy, but I always find a way to really make that happen. So I hope this has been helpful to you. And I remember it's time for you to really get real about your money beliefs 
and also, you know, raise that standard of who you are and what you stand for. And until next time, I'll talk with you soon. Are you ready to start 2020 strong? Go to laurenlahav.com. That's L-O-R-E-N-L-A-H-A-V.com and learn more about Lauren's manifestation course. Use code STAYTRUE for your podcast subscriber discount.